commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Skondak. You're listening to Core World News, your holiday news show of in-depth coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, a new segment rundown for November 12th, 2021. More mouse than man. He's more mouse than man. But first, this news. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to us this week. Welcome to another week of Core World News. Adam Grant, how are you doing today? Doing well. Good. Doing well enough. Happy um, uh, Disney Plus Day to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And also to you. Um, yeah, Disney Plus Day is today. So that's what we're going to focus on, just talking about um, the Star Wars news that came out of that. Uh, not all oh, the so much Star Wars <laughs> the news, that vast Star Wars news, guys. This may I mean, be a five-hour so podcast with everything we have to cover. Don't you know? Don't tempt me, Adam. You know, don't taunt the bull here. We, uh, if you want a five-hour podcast, I'm sure we could do it, but uh, it might be more brief than that because there was uh, not a lot of stuff going on. We got a uh boba fett the uh under the helmet documentary sort of a history of boba fett like a little mini doc which was uh beautiful and emotional i'm sure we'll talk a lot about that um we got an obi-wan sizzle reel uh clip that was actually leaked the day before but yeah um, we got twice two days yeah um so it's here for real and now you can find that on disney plus um we got a little date on the acolyte and we got some Pat Jenkins news, so uh, a lot of a lot of lot of stuff to talk about, um, but not the you know um, Ahsoka trailer that I hoped I'd see, but you know, or even the Obi Wan trailer. I I thought for yeah. sure we were gonna get an Obi Wan trailer and a, and a Cassian Andor sizzle reel, and uh, not so much. But hey, if you're a Marvel fan, boy, did you get a lot of stuff today? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had to assure R two D two that everything was okay, and we're gonna chart a course for Marvel because that's where all the news was yeah it was wild just how many shows were announced there and i I almost thought the inverse adam i almost thought we would get the behind the scenes of obi-wan but then a A full-on teaser for andor like i really thought i mean they've been working on Andor for quite a a long time now i guess you're right right i think andor did wrap before before obi-wan yeah you're right it's it's shocking we didn't get anything andor and i have a theory we'll talk about feeling about this I don't think we were going to get the Obi-Wan thing today. I don't think that was planned. And we'll talk more about that. When we get I wonder to that how thing. much how much of like the Star Wars identity is in Andor, given it's sort of a clandestine war film, like a war series. Like, I, yeah, I'm, I wonder if they're worried that it strays a little bit from the, the whole. The, the so maybe they're, they're trying to like tuck it in in between a couple. Yeah, of it's probably like I mean. The thing about Marvel is you ha- you can tell so many different genres. You have so many different things to tell that like people are used to that. But still in Star Wars, it's a, it's a fairly consistent brand. And so I wonder if that's right, if they're just going to be like, no, no, watch a show. You'll like it. Don't ask any questions. And then when people watch it, they'll be like, oh, this is great. Like you almost have to trick them into it before they realize it's a, it's Star Wars. Right. Right. We've got virtually nothing on Obi-Wan. I mean, yeah, it was great to see some concept art. I think we get now a few things are sure. confirmed that we've. We were kind of thinking about we were like who who would be who would be the threat in this situation in uh in a scenario involving obi-wan post or revenge of the sith and mm-hmm. we saw the inquisitorius just like walking out of a drop ship yeah we sure did yeah and uh and we, we know that the, yeah 
I mean, we saw that, yeah, there's the concept art has been floating around all week because it was stole off the, the leak. Uh, but we yeah. got it officially. And yeah, so there was definitely concept art of Inquisitorius. Yeah. Uh, and I saw Vader, he, obviously. Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, the big news was Vader, you know. So, you know, I, I guess probably the, the most meat on that Obi-Wan thing was uh, the interview with Deborah Chow. Yes. Uh, which was cool. And yeah, so she said, you know, like we know there's hunters in the galaxy and that's where the story starts. And we know that Obi-Wan is looking for is trying to protect Luke. That's his mode. And then like, like that's just where it starts. And then it goes lots of places. And that got me really excited. They showed actually they showed more concept art um, on this trailer than I saw online because they showed a lot of landscapes of new alien worlds and other planets that are clearly not Tatooine. So where I think we're going to get traveling Obi-Wan, which is what. Um, one of the things I personally wanted. Yeah. I wonder how much of this is not a, a stealth Obi-Wan and Vader series. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. And then there was a ton of oh, Vader, you know? Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. You know, she's like, then of course, you know, Darth Vader. And then like they had a quote with uh, Ewan McGregor talking about being able to work with Hayden again. But there was a lot of really cool concept art with Vader him in this like new throne room with like a hollow projector. Yeah. Grant, yeah, you know, like, like you wanted like the like investigator from the, you know, the Imperials, but you you wanted to create a original character for that, like a sort of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. You know, like See, ISB. The angle I loved was maybe create a character who's won the Emperor's favor and then out of spite, Vader or Vader then sends this character to Tatooine, you know, to right. investigate in the in the harsh desert, you know, because he obviously is envious of that relationship. Yeah, but well, I think they might have done that, Grant, but instead of this character, they're using Darth Vader to play that role. Yeah. You yeah. know, where he looks like he's just sort of like he senses a disturbance in the, in the force or he's still, you know, there like there must be so much PTSD surrounding like their last encounter and Mustafar that they're both still thinking about it. But like, it looks like they might even like clash lightsabers again. yeah and, and in that concept art it looks like he it looks like vader and a um, mysterious jedi with blue saber are clashing you know yeah, uh, yeah. i guess with the, the backgrounds just in flames yeah um but but the it's, character it looks like so and then they talk about and they talk about hayden coming back and they talk about ewan and hayden you know getting to to to, to fight once more on screen yeah and uh it almost looked like that character was in like tuscan raider attire so i would love a sort of echo to Attack of the Clones, where Vader maybe thinks he can take out this tribe of Tusken Raiders in his hunt for whatever the disturbances on Tatooine, and then one of those one of those Tusken Raiders pulls out a blue lightsaber and basically fights with all the prowess of Obi Wan. Like that would be cool because it would be like uh, they would rebuff him this time around instead uh, of him coming for the slaughter. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's love really that. cool. Yeah, that is a good idea. I mean, I think there is a loophole in the dialogue from A New Hope where there is you know, when they meet. He's like, you know, when last we met, you were the master and I was but a learner. Yeah. He's like, but now I am the master. Something, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not quoting it exactly. No, I think you're, I think you actually might be quoting it exactly. You're pretty darn close. Um, yeah, there's enough of a squiggly loophole in that whole dialogue where I'm trying to like take my head canon and old canon out of this completely and to be like, if I was a Disney or a, or like a, like, how do I, how do I get these two to fight again? Because that's going to get butts right. in the seat, right? And and you're right. I think that line is is sketchy enough where he could be referring to being a learner of the dark side, 
right? Yeah. Like not quite fully seeing himself as a Sith Lord yet. Maybe. I mean, that's a little cheat, but I think you could do it. You know, it's a presence I haven't felt for a long time. A long time is still Relative. 18 years or eight yeah. years or however long. Right. Like, so, so yeah, I think you could do it. I, I, I also though, part of me feels like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Grant might be closer to what's going on here where it's going to be, I, it's going to be a bit of a cheat. Like that concept art, there's nothing on the concept art that says Obi-Wan over here and Vader over here. It just shows someone with a lightsaber who's, whose face is, is obscured, which is odd because you're drawing concept art and you know it's Obi-Wan. We know what Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan looks like. So right. you're concealing that head for a reason. And I think they are going to clash sabers again, I think, in a vision. I don't think we're actually going to get physical Obi-Wan and physical Vader fighting each other. I think yeah. that would be the most tasteful way to do it. Yeah. But I, I, I got to go in the other, other direction with this. Yeah. It looks like they're going to fight, uh, you know, mono y mono. I really, I weirdly hope not. And then I'll be standing out of my seat clapping when it happens. So I don't yeah. know how I feel. Because it's such, it's such a bold stroke yeah. that it's like, ah, fraught with peril. But, you know, you've done right. I mean, the same thing. It's like if, if we had said before season two of Mandalorian that, um, that Luke Skywalker was going to be in it. I mean, we did actually talk about that as a possibility. But, like, I mean, if that was really it, I mean, it seems like almost too bold a stroke. Like, how are you going to pull it off? How are you going to do it correctly? You know, like, there's ways. Yeah. And yeah, if I'm they're not, really I'm not serious about sold. it, they'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm not entirely sold on Anakin Vader being the other side of this this coin for, for Obi-Wan, where he, he their their fates are kind of interlinked. I, I, I think that... I think that you could easily do a, a version of this story where Obi-Wan doesn't collide with Vader, but Vader at the periphery definitely yeah. hint at his awareness of a situation that's happening with Obi-Wan. But to, I really think the most tasteful way to do this is to kind of keep Vader outside. I, I also think it's more from. interesting, to be honest, in a storytelling for, yeah. for series, we're telling a series, this idea of like, will they, won't they, they're swirling around each other. Their fates are intertwined. Like I, I like, like sending agents like this, this, I don't know. Like to me, that's more intriguing than, all right, so we got 10 episodes and we got to wait till episode nine before they fight. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, well, we saw with like force Skyping in the sequel trilogy, um, they couldn't see where the people, where they were, right? you know? So like, that's the loophole where it's like, even if they do a sort of dyad thing with Obi-Wan and Anakin, and they are for Skyping or like to some degree, maybe not as starkly as, you know, Kylo and Ray. But, um, you know, they are, you know, there's some sort of awareness of each other in the force. There's, you know, it, it, there's an easy way for them to hide each other from each other. You know, so I, Darth Vader can't find him. Having just rewatched Rise of Skywalker this week, I want them to explore the dyad more. And what I want what I want to be is because in that movie. Sidious is blind to the fact that Ray and and Kylo are a dyad till it's literally right in front of him to literally he like tries to suck energy out of them. Yeah. So imagine how amazing it would be if he was blind to the fact that that Anakin and Obi-Wan are also a dyad. Right. And these yeah. dyads actually happen more often than we know. It's just it, the dark side is blind to it. Right. And we know from that recent like coffee table book, um, Secrets of the Sith, that. Um, he was uh, Sidious was searching, trying to create a dyad with Blake, right? right? Um, so, yeah. 
right? yeah and, and i think that might be the ultimate like purpose of the sith and rule of two is to try to like create a dyad there between master and apprentice that's um, so so you guys would like the sort of like eyeline cuts between obi-wan and vader and then kind of like sharing these visions these having these shared visions <laughs> No. Now that you say that, no. I, I'd want something more new. <laughs> I'd want something more nuanced. Yeah. That more nuanced. You know. See, I think you. I think you got to go in person because I think you have to show how Obi Wan learns about Vader's kind of mechanical body. It is become being more machine now than man. Like I think. I think you maybe have Obi Wan like cut off an arm, cut off a you know, hit Vader's shoulder. Sparks go flying. There's really no flesh he's connecting with with his saber. I think you I, to, you show off that he's a machine. In this. Counterpoint. Kind of what I yeah, see. I love that. He yeah. chopped off three of his limbs already. He pretty much knows there's not limbs under there. Right. Right? Like, like true. true. Like, but uh, but I know what you're saying, Grant, in terms of like seeing what he be became. good exposition, you know, being yeah. like, wow, like this is you. Like you didn't regrow a body. This is just you just got your right. Didn't use like the type of mechanics that you use to replace the one army lost, right? Like you've gone fully, like you said, more you know, machine. Yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting. I, 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 you know, I could see this all different ways. And, and I guess when I'm kind of now wandering back from this idea of if they're a diet and they can communicate with each other across the force, what's hard about that is then why is this only happening in this series? Or is that headcanon is that they're always talking to each other, which I don't like, right? Like they shouldn't be in communication with each other. So I think I'm starting to kind of wander over to your camp, Grant where you kind of do have to have them in the same physical space if that's the only way they're communicating. They need to do it in a way that they don't know. It's not happening on Tatooine because you don't want Vader on Tatooine knowing that Obi-Wan's on Tatooine because that ruins everything. So you do have to have them going off planet. You do have to have them encountering each other in somewhere else. Or or you have them encountering each other in dreams. I don't know. Or force visions. It's weird. I'm, I'm almost now starting to go more on your side with this, Grant. Not that there's sides, but well, you know what I'm let, saying. Let me present a really dry explanation for that please um for that like uh concept art of vader in a lightsaber battle i mean we're in the like middle of the purge like the jedi purge right now, right i think um actually or maybe towards the tail end i'm not sure this is supposed to happen 10 years after six years after right after i think 10 years after yeah, after eight to 10 years after yeah i think it's okay. pretty close to solo all right, so I think we're still in the Jedi Purge, so there's still, we know the Inquisitorius is still a thing, so Vader hasn't killed them all yet. Um, and, you know, and uh, and uh, Cal Kestis hasn't killed a bunch, so. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out that timeline, so but, keep talking. So, I mean, so we know that, like, during the Purge, Vader's on cleanup duty um, from the comics, uh, the, like, Vader run. Um, that was fantastic. Uh so, you know, he could just be, they could just, that could just be an example of him killing Jedi, you know, like out in the world. Like the purge is happening. They're going to probably establish that in live action, you know, establish how dangerous the Inquisitorious is um, for those that haven't watched um, Rebels and then, you know, and or read the comics and then, you know, have Vader uh, there for cleanup duty as well, where it's like, okay, we've got one cornered and Vader's like, I'll take it myself, you know, if they have another um yariel poof or something's there like some yeah. some big jedi that's like you're not strong enough for this one i'm gonna go do it like he was part of that purge so maybe he's just killing another random jedi um yeah and it's not and it's not obi-wan at all yeah and but that would be real misdirection because in this short 
you know, teaser reel that they, not even teaser, but the sort of preview. Um, they they right. they talk about Hayden and Ewan clashing sabers, and then they display yeah. that yeah. that piece of concept art. They they have they have right. said right. So so there is going to be saber clashing. The question is whether it is in person or via force skyping or via force vision, mm-hmm. right? Like I part of me wonders if someone goes to a magic cave. Um, so okay. oh, and we do see as other. Yeah. I mean, there's other there's other. Um, concept art as well uh we do see like an imperial facility it looks like it's yeah, yeah. underwater or something like there's like this kind of blue aura and the windows um I, yeah. really high ceilings looks like a new installation i don't think we've seen before oh that's cool this uh <laughs> this movie looks this show looks very very expensive um yeah it does. yeah based on the concept like art yeah. So all the chips in on this one. Two things. First thing is uh, Fallen Order takes place five years after Avengers of the Sith and Obi-Wan takes place ten years after. So, yes. Yeah, so, so, oh. so there are still some Inquisitorious. Uh, See, I know a lot around. of people are excited for Not the a lot, Inquisitors. Though. But no. I, I, come from this, I, I come from this kind of perspective where I think they look a little too cool for, like, yep. Star Wars. They're, they just look the really, they're, they're just too cool. They're just, yep. they look awesome. Like, why wouldn't Vader have a red visor at that point? Like, yeah. Yeah really cool and they're almost too cool for me and i think that's kind of where i I, I end with the inquisitory i'm interested to see how they try to translate to live action if they uncool it a little bit you know what i mean like try to like bring it down a little yeah make them a little more rugged lived in kind of clunky like not so sleek like they just look they look like they're from another franchise or like another sci-fi you know the more sleek sci-fi universe second thing is that the the internet for what it's worth, seems to be having sleuthed this um, scissor reel that came out. This scissor reel uh, seems to, seems to have been part of, if not all of, what they showed during last year's Investor Day. Oh, really? When we got kicked off, as everyone remembers, like they would show certain things, and we weren't there for uh, that. Like they yeah, would do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so part of what seems to be suggesting is that this is a weird leak because. It was somehow attached to Disney in another country, and then that country accidentally put it up, and then it got out into the world, and then Disney somehow successfully purged the internet of something. I didn't know it was possible. And then I think they were on their back foot, and so they decided to release it today. So everything it seems to suggest is all of this stuff, interviews and videos and everything came prior to any filming that occurred on Obi-Wan. So... You know, and so this could it, this could be all strategy too because yeah, I they don't want to bury their you know lead with with Boba Fett. Like I don't think they there's so much hype for Obi Wan that it, it might it might overshadow yeah. the launch of Boba Fett in this series. And I, I think that's near impossible given how much there's how many fans adore Boba Fett as a character. But it, I, I gotta think that they maybe want to keep keep each avenue clear for whatever show is. I, next I time. also think they're gun shy after Solo. Right. Of like, I think a lot of what they're doing is like we have one thing at a time and we talk about one thing at a time because we start talking about two things at a time. People feel like they're overloaded with, you know, what I mean, like that, that right. the grand experiment solo did not work the way they wanted it to. Right. right. And there's such a, this is a, there's a there's a real attention to quality at Disney right mm-hmm. now. That seems to be the strategy is just deliver, deliver content that's of the utmost quality. And I think, yeah, especially when that's around... your mandate, when that's your mandate, it's going to be a lot of people you know having input on that and it's going to be a slower process 
yeah, especially around um, Star Wars, the, the Star Wars IP. It's like they can't. This isn't just another movie you're throwing out there or another, you know, video on demand program. It's like they all have to be these indelible mytholo- mythologies, you know. And in case in so, point, Rogue, Rogue Squadron is now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out of the slate, which is that's that was surprising to see. Honestly, yeah. I, I really thought. Given the given the sort of teaser we got for that, where you have Patty Jenkins at an Air Force base, you know, like with an X-wing, you know, um, yeah, telling us about getting... her love for you know all the right stuff and her dad and all this kind of stuff, all this all this yeah. great information yeah. about you know her as a creator and why she's perfect for this movie, and I was I really thought that was a green light, and then it's just now it just seems halted. Yeah, yeah, that was some interesting news from this week. Um, I don't, I mean. I'm not that surprised about it, honestly, but I'm, I'm actually either. more encouraged because like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm more excited about trilogies and new eras and new things than I am about, you know, a, a feature film that's going to take place, you know, in this like sky yeah. saga or just beyond, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, so. I want to see like, an, I want to see a new grand adventure and, you know, a one-off, um, fighter pilot you know star wars movie i just like i I don't know how it's going to capture that sort of mythology no yeah i hope this is yeah i i hope this is the second movie to come out in the new era whatever we're calling it because i really loved when they when disney first bought star wars and what they said they were going to do was saga film star wars story film saga film so you know what i mean and and i love that idea and so Start this new trilogy, whatever it might be. Maybe it's Ryan Johnson's trilogy, right? Do that. Then next year's Rogue Squadron. Then and then Kevin and Feige. Then, and then and then right. And then and then you have year three is um is the second Ryan Johnson. Year four is Feige. Year five is Ryan Johnson. Year six is Taika Waititi. Right? Like I like these standalone films, but you just gotta you gotta intermingle them with something that's moving the grand myth of the galaxy forward or, or, or not even because we can't even go backwards, but doing something right. Like, like grand storytelling. Yeah. 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 We'll see about that. I, um, I also think I, I mean, here's like tinfoil hat since we're doing all of our segments. Um, so, so the, 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 the stated reason why this happened is scheduling conflicts, which could be true. Pat, Patty Jenkins is very busy. She has Wonder Woman three going on, and I think, I think HBO Max is doing a Wonder Woman series based in that in that realm that she's overseeing. So it might just be that the grass was a bit greener, or she had a bit of more thing. But if Star Wars has proved anything, it is very risk adverse with its directors, right? Like that's kind of what happened to Trevor O. Like like the book of Eli. No, what was that? Called? Was that the what it was called? No, not book, book of, of Eli. Henry. Book, book of Henry. Oh boy, and 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 watch that movie, man. Which I haven't uh, seen. Oh, it is. It's fascinating. It's really interesting. Um, <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, I've heard uh, it, interesting. It, it, yeah, I can see why Disney watched that one. Do, do, do we want to entrust the last movie to this person? And then I wonder. I mean, I mean, Wonder Woman eighty four. I think we can kind of all agree that it was a miss. <laughs> like it had some know. really interesting. I enjoyed it. I'll just throw that out. Yeah. There. It was I mean, kind it wasn't of a fun, the... right? Uh, yeah, it was, think... just, it was just a fun ride. I don't think it was meant to be. You're not really meant to dig deep into that film. It's 
it, a lot of it functions off magic. It kind of, it doesn't unlock a lot of Wonder Woman. It kind of, it's more about yeah. the villain in that film, which was surprising to me. I really yeah. thought it would unlock more for that, for her as a character, but it seemed like almost yeah. a repeat journey, almost like the villain, the Finn, Finn's kind of journey in yeah. the sequels. I was like, why are we Steve Trevor again? Really? Okay. Yeah. And there's some really great stuff in that movie. Like, it's not like I, I just want to make it clear. I didn't it might be my it. favorite DC movie. Yeah. I didn't say that. You Interesting. Know, but... Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I here's the thing I'll say is like 58% of Rotten Tomatoes, 60% of Metacritic. We always focus on when things are quote unquote rotten, but that means the majority of people did like that movie, right? Like, it is, it is that. But it's not the gangbusters that. So I don't know if that scared them off a little bit. You know, like, like they're so risk adverse with the Star Wars stuff. And it's not like it's not like in Marvel where you have such a giant universe in 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 Marvel that like if something doesn't work, like the Eternals is doing okay. I don't I still have not seen it. I mostly because of personal <laughs> problems. But like let's say Eternals doesn't work the way they want to. It, Marvel can rebound extremely quickly from that, right? Like they have so many irons and so many fires. They can just be like, okay, we're just not going to really pay much more attention to this. We're going to go over here. Disney, I feel like they feel like they need everything needs to be amazing in the hit because it's such a small galaxy right now. And they're trying to build that galaxy and build it out. That I feel like they're just making all these decisions to make sure that everything is safe, like really safe and quality. Yeah, and, and, and when you're a creator and you're making decisions, I think they want someone to. Is obviously continuity is hugely important to Star Wars, and so I think not only do you have to work in the larger narrative of of films before your film and films that will come after it, you also you also have to the, the decision has to be cool, the characters that have to make sense, like everything has to right. work with the lore, and you kind of need these you, these Dave Filoni types, these um, yeah. you know you need people who understand the property. Um, yeah, to kind of consult, to kind of really just dig in with you and and, ha- and really explore how this works with the larger story. Yeah. Right, with the larger scheme. And I, yeah. I don't know if a gang of, of fighter pilots it builds that galaxy. Right, it's a very small galaxy yeah. when just dealing with that. Um, well, yeah, you know, we, speaking we were, of... We were perplexed by that, too. We were like, what is this story? It's got to be getting the, de- the the Death Star plans the, the, for the Death Star 2? Like, it's got to... What, what is this mission? Like, what are they doing? You yeah, know? right. Or I think we'd also maybe thought maybe it's, like, post... Um, I think the best thing we came up with is, maybe is, like, post Return of the Jedi, and they're pulling together X-Wing and TIE fighter pilots to do, like, a new, like, Rogue Squadron. Like, that would be interesting. But again... It's kind of covered a, in the books. Yeah, but they wouldn't be rogues film. anymore after the New Republic is founded. You know, it's like, right? Why even use the rogue designation at that point? It's, I mean, it'd just be a legacy name. Yeah, you know, or yeah. Well, I mean, we also said it could be after. You know, it could be after Rise of Skywalker, and it, um, you know, right. could just be cleaning up Dodge in the galaxy and taking out the remnants of the First Order, which is kind of a redundant story. But well. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or, none of those really sort of speak to this like overarching, grandiose yeah. Star Wars tale. Um, I don't or know. But maybe Republic, we just don't know. And they're going on a rogue mission, right? Like they have formed the squad. They are told not to go, and they go, right? And so, yeah, that similar scene of like, I, yeah, yeah. But then they'd be like Rogue Two, and it's like, well, that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. For, you know, 
um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a good idea in there somewhere that they they've settled on and they like. Yeah, um, and maybe it is just scheduling. It might be true, right? And there's so many movies that they're like, yeah, yeah, fine. We'll you you'll yeah. be next in line or third in line. We got we got time. This isn't a story that needs to be told next right. to be told third from now. One thing I was surprised about is I was really wondering if we were going to get an announcement during Investors Day. Probably not Disney Plus Day because Disney Plus is all about Disney Plus, but. I really thought we were going to get an announcement of, okay, blank is taking its place and something is being rushed into development. Mm. But it really sounds like they're just, we're not even going to get a, a Star Wars movie Christmas 2023. Like we're looking 2024 now before. An no, I think, I think there is still a film slated for that time. I hope so. Deep secrecy yeah. Surrounding it. Yeah. I gotta think, you know, I gotta think they watched the sequel trilogy and they thought, you know, the force awakens and the rise of Skywalker are kind of fueled by, legacy characters fueled by nostalgia fueled by homages to the original trilogy but i think in the last jedi there's there's a sort of magic and discovery established in that film yeah, um, yeah. especially with the yeah. democratization of the force and sort of um learning the force and, and that sort of stuff and i think like i think we want to go back to that that raw discovery uh mm. you know without any legacy elements something where someone's learning about the jedi or yeah. learning about the dark side and it's all just pure discovery and there's no legacy you know uh influence a- attachment all. yeah yeah i mean well that's, speaking that's where of star wars i think it's the power of star wars lies personally i completely agree and speaking of that um we we got some acolyte news um so this is this is leslie henland's uh live action series um and this is one i thought was going to be buried forever and we'd never you know it would be years before it would see the light of day but uh they announced today that um they are going to be filming from may 2022 to november 2022 yeah um so i mean that probably means i mean that could be yeah that's probably early 2023 release but it's great to know that that series is in production because i'm so excited yeah I'm so excited. For this do you, do you do you think maybe their film slate, they're trying to synergize their film slate Absolutely. with their series slate, and so when the act light comes yeah. out, there's something that's hinting at the dark side, showing off that lore, showing off what the act light explores, investigating a lot of the same themes. Like, do you think they're trying to schedule yeah. in that way where there's more synergy? I think they are. I mean, to be to be honest, I so I, I rewatched within a week the second season of Mandalorian and the Rise of Skywalker. And just as a reminder, because we forget about this, <laughs> yeah. but we saw Force Healing for the first time on film for the for the two times in one week. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was yeah, almost baby, like a yeah. collective reveal that they, both shows, both right? the show and the film would, would Baby Yoda this. Force Healing and Ray Force Healing. Yeah. It was happened for the first time in one Which week. Which just makes me even more upset at Obi-Wan, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, but but I so um a certain so, yeah, point of view so, really helps out Obi-Wan. That line really was does. put into the film just to help out one character. Yeah, me. it's very true. Um I will not I, hear I, any more of your naysaying to Obi-Wan's friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're seeing it in the comics, right? Like how much they're trying to layer in high republic stuff through all of the series, right? I I think they're trying to do the Marvel. Like they're trying right. to Right. So how much money w- 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 I mean, you would your profits would be far higher if you were displaying an acolyte series with a the first and installment of a High Republic trilogy. Like yeah. you would basically have a series 
that is picking up after the trilogy as the trilogy's starting and it would be the synergy would be off the charts yeah did you guys no, I, see that I, I sent you a text this week and it was like the three like dubious news outlets reported at the same time that yeah. um there was going to be an old republic movie that was going to come yeah. out I did see that. That all kind of happened. It looked like clickbait to me. Well, what's interesting is it happened. It It is dubious at best. But like, would that not synergize a little bit with Acolyte? It would. And the timing is interesting because that popped in like 24 to 48 hours right before officially we heard that Patty Jenkins was no longer like that. That got postponed. It was interesting timing. Now, interesting does not mean correlation or even causation from a scientist here and not trying to start you know, conspiracy theories, but it was really interesting timing that I heard after, after I kind of went back and went easy Beaumont Ken. Yeah. <laughs> it returned somehow. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there might be something going on there. The other thing about the higher public is I, I have a feeling the acolyte getting the start date. Ben, I agree. When I first read that, I thought that's shocking. Cause I really thought it was gonna be 2024 before we'd see that show or even 2025 with how many shows they announced. But yeah. I think Based on all we're seeing with the supplemental material being connected to the higher public, they're they're announcing more books than they did start, more comic series, more mangas, like all these things are coming out that I think that the higher public is doing a lot better than they expected it to do. And yeah. if it's just doing this on 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 just in print, that I think they realize they might have something on their hands and that they'll get all of the higher public people to join on to the Acolyte and the people who watch the Acolyte because it's Star Wars are then going to go back and do all the higher public stuff. So I think they're really all in on the higher public right now. Yeah, uh, that would yeah. be lovely. It's great. That's the safe a... bet. That's the safe bet. High Republic trilogy, I think, is a safe bet. Yeah. I I, I, mu- I would much prefer a something. I would like to go way back, far away from the timeline we've been dealt because... Yeah, I agree. They're going no. It's inevitable that they'll try to make connections. They'll try to explain, you know, the politics and how they're shaped, and 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 you know what happens after Lena So and how that all. They'll they'll try to set up the prequel, uh, the prequel trilogy. They'll they'll try to set up those those films, and I think they're just gonna they're gonna lose that raw discovery. And I think after films yeah. like you know like Dune just came out, and that's like an earnest fantasy story that doesn't have any. It's not self reflexive. It's not aware of itself in any way it's not like it's just discovery and it, it feels sincere and i think right. i would like to go back maybe to like star wars the, needs some the way long five thousand years i'd like to go back to like the golden age of the sith i think you could do the the sith species i think you could do the ancient sith home worlds i think you could really show those dark you know citadels and those inner kind of layers and really have fun with it i agree yeah i agree i um, i 100 agree yeah uh, so we got a, a the biggest piece of media we got today was the Boba Fett Beneath the Helmet uh, documentary. Um, I was delighted with this. I was sort of like, OK, yeah. whatever, threw it on this morning um, and was engrossed and teary eyed through oh, yeah. a lot of this. Um, it, it, how, it, how yeah, you guys yeah, like it. Exactly. So I, I watched this. I will say I will use the word begrudgingly. Um, earlier today where I was just like, okay, let me watch an advertisement for Book of Boba Fett, a thing I'm already going to watch, and I'm only watching this because I have a podcast and I got to talk about it on tonight, so I'll watch this thing because it's my job. That's the spirit, Adam. And, no, but you so know what I mean? Like sometimes, when you're, 
No, but come on. Like, I'm cynical. Like, I just watched Jeopardy today, yeah. tonight, and Jeopardy had a category about Disney Plus, and that made me so angry. I'm like, really? Or like, di- like that stuff really makes me just like, I like, you don't have to sell me, sell me. I'm sold. So that was my going. That was why I went in. Three minutes in, I'm like, oh no, this is actually they actually took time put a documentary together about a character, and I'm like, I love this. Like, they they need to do this for every character now. Like these just this, yeah. this deep dive in the memorabilia and the history of it and what it means to the different different creators over different eras. Like, I really was in on this a lot more than I expected to be. Yeah. I mean, having lived in Marin for a couple of years, mm. I, uh, I knew the exact street that they, they were doing that parade on. And I just to, to see the kids' faces when they see, you know, the yeah. the on-screen costumes for Vader and Boba Fett, like, just to see their, their awe. Like, that was, that really was moving, I thought. And I, it just... So cool to see how how the Boba Fett's kind of origins came together and how many people were involved and all the kind of practical effects built into his suit. Like, this, yeah, that was so that cool. First yeah. demo suit. So we we learned that like the suit was going to be for like the default stormtrooper suit for Empire Strikes Back, like these super troopers or whatever. Right. They're supposed right. to be like the advanced combat class, like yeah. stormtrooper. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then it was, you know, so it was just like, you know, they didn't have the money to do it. But like the they showed the actual like concept test with one with the designer and, uh, you know, and like showing up and like they had all these cool practical effects. But like that amount of it's, work it's that they needs did. A yeah, needs a cape. Um, <laughs> the amount of work they did on that one character, though, was just like so good that yeah. it became like an iconic character and then like by default george is like well i can't do it but let's we'll put him in here somewhere and so they repainted him the way we know see him now no changes from george which is unprecedented and um except for the cape that but, was the most astonishing bit of information that that yeah. paint scheme was the only chosen paint scheme yeah for that costume. yeah because it's wild perfect it's perfect and you see the like for me it was like the the movie footage like i haven't seen the movies a bajillion times but like it's awesome it is like lights mm-hmm. and like the like all the greeblies the like the scarring the dents mm-hmm. the little the, the random insignias the like the like the knee rockets it's just um it's just a tantalizing like oh so much work when and it's not over the character. top cool it's got it's just kind of like it's battered it's earth tones yeah, it, it, that's why I think we all love Mando's kind of season one attire because it's just we love that that, yeah. that yeah. kind of played down dull aesthetic in Star Wars because it feels real. That I think that's when it starts to feel real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a gorgeous concept. And um, and then that's a sort of carried it on. It was yeah. to me, it was fascinating. Like I, I've seen the white boba fett or armor like the original yeah. version but I, I like i don't think i saw it this much or talked about so much so just watching it put together i'm like oh it totally looks exactly what you would think a stormtrooper like mach 2 armor might yeah. look like and then seeing that next to the clone troopers like I, I, like it just never really clicked for some reason in my brain yeah in this way until i watch this i'm like oh it totally but just doing that paint scheme your brain doesn't even see any connection between that and a stormtrooper. Right. And, but uh, honestly, I think like the snowtroopers make so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that design. I love the yeah. snowtrooper design and like, it's yeah, it's cheaper, whatever, but it's like, yeah. for, I'm very glad. Awesome. It worked I was, 
Yeah. Vader terrified me as a kid. Snowtroopers were equally terrified. Yeah. That, that design Snowtroopers, was scary. Yeah. It was sort of latex. It was really very creepy. Frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just felt so fascistic in a lot of ways. Like it felt very yeah. dark. I think it yeah. was based on some like Nazi like variation uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, probably everything was slightly influenced yeah. by yeah. tyrannical True. regimes of all kinds. True. Yeah. Um, but we also so we met a, all the the characters who played Boba Fett too, and um, of course Jeremy Bullock passed away yeah. recently. Um, so they did a, a beautiful homage to mm-hmm. him as a person and how involved he was, and um, really raising. I don't know, just pleasing the fans. There's a, there's a magic Fett. when he puts on that armor. There's a sort of magic to the character yeah, yeah. that I noticed even on stage, even when they're just having house lights on and just uh, you know an amphitheater. It was there's just the height is right. Like every it just yeah. feels like Empire all over again whenever he has the armor on. I and the it's swagger and the way yeah, he the carries himself. Like I, I guess part of it is like you get these I mean, we're weird thing. We're talking about this before we were recording, but there you know, there's certain people who are on screen for like fifteen seconds in a Star Wars film and then can make the rest of their life going to every Comic convention and, yeah. and signing it and whatever and and, and you know hey more power to you i'm not gonna whatever but like he seemed like yes he clearly jeremy bullock made probably a majority of his money post empire strikes back signing autographs and doing appearances at the same time he seemed like he wanted to be there every time you saw him there do you know what i'm saying like it seemed like he was just so happy to be that representative like it wasn't just about the money like he seemed truly to care about who Boba Fett was and and how he presented himself. Right. Yeah, and he I'm, was truly proud of his contribution that he made. You know, yeah. like he had his own shrine to Boba Fett there. And it like yeah. that's not something someone does. It's like, well, I've got to go cash another check. It's like, you know yeah. what, this this rang true to people. And I mean he was an he was like an overpowered casting. Like he's yeah. a stage actor that could do this. And that's why I think, you know, his mannerisms and his body like was so good because he's used to, you know, acting to the the back row. Right. And um, he was, you know, it was just a perfect confluence of design and casting um, to get that character to be, you know, mesmerizing to the fan base. Yeah. And in really fun kind of message at the beginning, talking about Boba Fett's face being his helmet, uh, the mystique that we didn't know who right. he was, being the power of the character. All that, that, that's, that was just so cool to hear, you know, Dave Filoni talk about, to hear. Uh, Captain Kennedy talk about to just hear all these people talk about it was, it was uh, that was really really cool but now we're going to learn about this guy like now we're going to go under the helmet in a big way and learn about what happened to him you know after the, the Sarlacc pit and I hope just kind of get into his character yeah and and how he's been shaped yeah I mean that's a you know we've been talking about this the past few weeks as far as like what what this is going to be but um, it's all we know is it's going to be Tamara Morrison. And and what I learned from this documentary is Tamara Morrison is possibly the greatest human being on the earth. Right. The goat. Yeah. The goat. Yeah. yeah it's he's just seems like the best guy ever. Yeah. yeah and just Daniel, I mean, Daniel Logan talking about their relationship like that was yeah. touching. And Adam, you know, we were talking about this before the pod. Yeah. It's just like their chemistry is, is undeniable. Yeah that film like they are father and son in those scenes because yeah. i think they did have the preamble like you know after you know after action we are you know, father and son and yeah you feel it in that film i think again 
another another under undervalued part of Attack of the Clones that I think people should really look at is right. the sort of father son dynamic between Jango and Boba. It's it's powerful. I think I when I look back to the to the prequel trilogy, I, I you know. <sighs> Anakin was much maligned unfairly in, 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 um, in Phantom Menace, right? The kid actor, um, uh, Jake Lloyd, Jake Lloyd was much maligned, very unfairly. Um, and so yeah, very unfairly given, like you see in the behind the scenes, like the delivery was of the so same good. exact lines I, by everyone else. And there's yeah. like 10 other kids in the room. And it's like, he really did do better than most of the other kids in his line. Reads. I, he did. Yeah. I mean, not to, not to throw someone else under the bucks. I, I, I think he was not the best directed, uh, possibly. Um, but I think George, I think George had a different vision of what Anakin was right. than than others, which is it's his character. So fine. But I, I think that set up, as I always refer to him as baby Boba, which again, I probably shouldn't do because it's very reductive. But, you know, I, I, I watched that movie, the attack of the clones and Daniel Logan does a fine job. And the way they do Boba Fett yeah. is fine. Like I, it, it does never bothers me. And, and, but I think, I think people were so on defense of, with kid actors after the first one that the second he saw, Oh, we're going to have another kid actor in this one. They just, they just dismissed it out of hand immediately. I don't know. Daniel Logan stole the documentary for me. I did not yeah, expect great. to see him. Yeah. And I was so pleased because I, I mean, I know from looking at the socials that he had, he desperately wants to be like, it, you know, Boba Fett again. And he, you know, he adores this, this role that he's played and what he's done. And I, I really I, I enjoyed mean, hearing from him. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a bit part in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, uh, yeah. A totally different yeah character. That would be cool. I think you're right. I think we'll see him pop up because he's also... He is yes, he is very engrossed in the in the fan community and and does all the conventions. He's he's kind of in a lot of ways the the this airs Jeremy Bullock in that way. Yeah. But he but I, I've seen other people at a similar level really get engrossed in the toxic fandom aspect. And and one thing I'll say yeah. about Daniel Logan is he avoids that. He is always a cheerleader, right? Like he is yeah. he doesn't talk about anything everything. But when he does, he always talks about things positively, right? So he always is like, I'm just going to be positive out there. And he's been so supportive of Tamara Morrison in The Mandalorian. It was really nice to watch. Like, he was so happy for him that he was back. And, and in a way, knowing that that meant he wasn't going to play Boba Fett, right? Like, he didn't get that chance. Yeah. He got the chance to voice voice him in The Clone Wars. But, you know, that takes some... Especially when it's so easy to just type something and hit send in social media. It took a lot right. of grace for him to just take yes. that and and congratulate you know, his father it, figure. It did. That. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to give a shout out to Dave Filoni for casting Daniel Logan to do the voice acting in, um, mm -hmm. in Clone Wars when they brought Boba Fett back, which is like some of the coolest, some yeah. of the coolest stuff in Clone Wars. Like you get to see young Boba Fett, first of all, in new armor in like different armor than what we've seen, which just right. for me is like an armor geek, like loves it. And then, um, but yeah, it just, it's, I mean, Filoni does this time and time again, where he really tries to create, you know, use the true actors, uh, the live action. To do yeah, the, that's, uh, that's voice the other thing. Experts. Going back to Rogue Squadron, going back to what it takes to to, to create a Star Wars story, uh, an indelible Star Wars story. It's, yeah, working in the larger narrative, but also like paying tribute to everyone who's come before, everyone yeah. who's worn yeah. the armor, everyone who's inhabited the role and in understanding those people and knowing that they're out there not being oblivious 
to the people who have put in hard work to try to make this, you know, this dream live on. You know, I think like, I think you have to be very aware when you're a Star Wars creator, probably yeah. more aware than you are in any other IP. I think uh, Rosario Dawson gave credit to Ashley Eckstein, you know, yep. for helping, you know, yeah. create that character and yep. they're in, in communication. And a lot of people wanted Ashley Eckstein to, to be, you know, Ahsoka, but I think, you know, I, I'm, I, I think she's fantastic, but I mean, Rosario Dawson I mean, is yeah, yeah. and oh. it, like, she actually, I mean, the age is better on um, on Rosario Dawson, and and she's just such a phenomenal actress. That that is the one episode I rewatched recently. It's just that the Jedi. Uh, yeah, it's I watched that. So, too. so good. Yeah, she's just she just. I mean, not to get off on a tangent, but she just nails Ahsoka. Like, I, like you, you still see that whimsy yeah. there, but that, yeah. but also wizened at the same time. Like she just gets it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. Um, we see uh, we got some sort of lighthearted stuff in this Boba Doc with uh, Rancho Obi Wan. Uh, <laughs> yep, oh, the yeah. guy's name. But uh, like, Steve, uh, who Steve do you, it, Like, yes. this is there's Star Wars collectors everywhere. I'm looking, you know, behind Grant right now, and I see, you know, a Mandalorian <laughs> and his action figure collection, and like, I have a crocheted Grogu in front of. Like, we all have Star Wars collections. <laughs> But this dude bought a chicken farm and <laughs> I assume let all the chickens go free and be wild free range chickens or whatever. Sure, uh, hopefully. Yeah, something humane and um and then and then just to house his like Star Wars collection and turn it into a museum. And then he got interviewed on this. Like imagine the delight on this guy. He wore his like branded like polo shirt on the interview, which I thought was funny. Yeah, he's um, definitely living his best life. He's living his best life. It's good for that dude. Like, I want to yeah. go there now. Like, I definitely want to yeah. go check out that that museum. Um, but he had all of the old, like, vintage, like, Boba Fett's, you know, toys. Like, the toys themselves have, like, their own hilarious sort of narrative to them. With, like, the rockets yeah. that were illegal and, like, the vouchers you got because the toys weren't ready yep. uh, when you bought them. And it's, yeah, it was, it was really kind of fun to see it and weird. It was. Yeah, it was cool because I mean, like, what was it like? It was a mail order kind of like Starlog magazine thing or something. Yeah, like just like yeah. Boba Fett. Like, so cool. Like, I honestly think maybe some of those retro marketing schemes would work if you launched yeah. if you launching a new trilogy, revealing characters through merch. You know, and then I don't think you have to. That has to be seen as selling out. I think that's just paying tribute to. I mean, if you're gonna pay tribute to so many movies in your movie and be do these homages and things like that, why not just pay tribute to the kind of the marketing schemes, the promotional schemes of the original trilogy. Because that was fun. That was a fun yes. era. That was the really like cool only idea. reason we have, what, 11 Star Wars movies and however many Star Wars series is because yeah. of merchandising. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it is. If Lucas, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just such an old story at this point, but he just said, I won't take any points. Just give me all the merchandising on Star Wars before merchandising was a thing. I mean, it was one of the most yeah. forward looking things in film history. Um, and next to like sound, basically like it's sound. Yeah. And then it's Lucas saying, give me merchandising. Those are the two biggest moments in film history. And, and like, that's why, because he made billions upon billions of dollars. Like the, what he's able to sell Star Wars to was just based on merchandising basically. And so, 
so I have no grudge. I, I, I you can't begrudge anytime you see Star Wars merchandising because it's that's why. Like that's why we're here. I mean, a- anytime yeah. you see any merchandising, but so yeah. Yeah, I have to say I'm so tired in general of being beaten over the head with advertising every second of my day, whether it's like bulletin boards or like just like yeah. advertising on like Hulu, which I like. I guess I pay for that, but I still have to watch advertisements. Like I you just didn't pay hate enough. being like, yeah, like you're an idiot and beat over your head, like. The Star Wars fan base is like so ubiquitous, like rabid, um, intense, loving, like that you can, you know, like why not just instead of doing this like really like overt beat you over the head marketing scheme, like why not leave a little like trail for people to discover, you know, be like, oh yeah, you can, oh, merchandise, there's this toy, you know, that's out. And if you, whatever, it's on like a certain platform. And if you find it, you can get, you know, you can find out who this character is before everyone else or have this character before everyone else. Like it. And I mean that, like you said, Grant, just like go back to the, those old, some of those old premises and um, it'd be like guerrilla marketing, but it would probably create such like a social uproar um, that it would be way more effective than just like, you know, a thousand, you know, both we'll give us stuff like to talk Pepsi about machines. Who is this action figure? We don't know, but we'll talk yes. about it for now. Yeah, I know. And I'm sure I would see it behind you on that shelf. So, well, if it had a cool helmet, yes, you would. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but like overall, the conjecture online has been pretty disappointing today. Like it seems like Star Wars fans are extremely thirsty for new content. And it, yeah. it just, it doesn't like if this was, you know, from like nervous chirps to like happy beeps, this was like head hanging, worrying, like from R2D2. Like that's, that's kind of what the disposition is with the fandom right now. Yeah, and just with they, just they expected a lot. Yeah, I, I was I really mean, encouraged by like Twitter, where how like people were just like more, give me more Star Wars, tell me the story. Like that's on the Disney Plus thing. It was all Star Wars fans just being like, it was funny. Yeah, so much. And I would say, I mean, I'm I very that. thankful. Yeah, I'm very thankful. I'm a Marvel fan as well, so I was given lots yes. of stuff. Um, <laughs> I you know, I, disappointment. I don't think necessarily is the right word for where I'm at. I, I was a little I'm surprised. I think I, I really was surprised. Um, and I'm fine. Cause I know all this stuff's coming. Right. So, so more of it's yeah. just like, all right, so I didn't get it today, which is maybe good that I didn't get everything star Wars today. You right. know, but we got, I just, isn't it weird that they released a Boba Fett trailer? What was it? Five days ago. Yeah. I like, yeah, why does that make any why sense? Didn't, was it going to leak? Yeah. Like, why didn't they wait until Disney Plus Day? It's just weird. I don't get that. Because I thought for sure we get something big, another big thing, because mm-hmm. they were trying to make room for it. But that's the only thing. I just, I'm just, I, part of me is less disappointed and more like, I want to know what happened. Something yeah. happened. And nothing, not bad, but there's like a narrative here that I'm so fascinated by. Like, I want the oral history of like Disney Plus Day I, 2021. It almost honestly hints at Andor possibly being in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Which is right. Crazy to me. Right. Yeah. Because it looked yeah. like they, they rented out Pinewood for that. It looks like they shot on huge sound stages. It looks like so much money was pumped into that show. Shocked so. we didn't get anything Andor, yeah. at least a release date or something, right? Like just not even a poster. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's, that's, makes me a little bit a hand. Let me, I guess here's the other thing. Let me ask you a question. So for Marvel, all they did for Marvel, really is they did it was a 14 minute video eight minutes of the 14 minutes were (laughs) here are the best things from the things you've already seen so i skipped past all that stuff 
yeah, you had to go like nine minutes like, in just to get to the yeah. next. Yeah. yeah, and that's like two minutes of like, here's everything coming, and there were just like title cards, title cards, title cards, title cards. I might have it out, somewhat out of order, but then it was like, here's a here's a what 15 second clip from Moon Knight. Here's a 15 second clip from She Hulk. Uh, here's a 15 second clip from Miss Marvel. Here's a two minute scene pulled directly out of Hawkeye coming next week, yeah. right? Like that's all they did. I'm just shocked. Star Wars didn't do something similar. Like, here's Mandalorian greatest hits and maybe some of the some Bad Batch stuff. Here's title cards for all of these things that we've announced with like, because coming 2022, coming 2022, coming soon, coming right. soon, coming soon, coming soon. Here's here's a 15 second clip from Andor. Here's a 15 second clip from uh, Obi Wan. Here's two minute scene from from like, why didn't they just oh, do the Bugabola. exact same thing? Like, it just seemed really weird to me that. That just didn't happen. Especially because those couldn't. Marvel sequences were totally out of context and didn't oh, yeah. provide much Nothing. context. It was just like, oh my god, uh, look, there's Tatiana Maslowski as She-Hulk. Here's Moon Knight, uh, Oscar a little Isaac bit more than She-Hulk. Uh, yeah. right. I guess but you it, kind of you get into his his um his struggle in in that sequence, whereas yeah, and some of the DID going you on. Don't and get, stuff, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you don't get into a lot with yeah. She-Hulk, but at least yeah. it's just like. These out of context shots, I feel like that you could have done something like that for Andor. Just a few yeah, shots. I'm just really yeah. surprised that they, that didn't happen. And again, there's a story there, and the investigator in me wants to know what happened. <laughs> I'm just curious. Me yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, I think some of that's like Marvel is like kind of a Jackson Pollock painting where it's just like, you it's know, it's a bigger it, universe. It's a bigger universe. There's yeah. not even time. Time doesn't even matter anymore. Like space doesn't even matter. Universe, you know. It's just like they're just a, a series of stories, but yeah. then you have Star Wars is like a very precise placement of time space. Yeah. You know, it might get like for us, we'd be able to follow it. But for the casual viewer, they'd be like, wait, what? Like it, it wouldn't make sense. It like there needs to be location, space, time, definition um, for each of these so that people understand mm. what they're seeing. Um it's also, it's just kind of weird that Hayden yeah. doesn't get to talk in the, the Obi-Wan thing, given he's, like, been talked about for at least about six months you, now. You probably you know, can't he, say anything, man, you know, like. I know, but just let him say I'm happy to be back. Like, I don't know, like. Yeah. Just, just some FaceTime with the fans. Like, I don't. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. weird to talk about him just in, you know, uh, as an as an outsider and not just bring yeah. him into the project. Right. And, and this like, is coming after, like, last year is when we got sort of a similar thing to what Marvel did this year, where it was just, like. Like, here's 10 more programs that are in production. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, okay. You know? Also, I also love that Marvel was like, here's all the shows we mentioned last year, and here's five more. And yeah. Marvel and, 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 and Star Wars is like, yeah, here are a couple of the ones we mentioned before. Let's not talk about the other ones. <laughs> it's funny because I don't think Kevin Feige's ever announced something or, you know, that Marvel Studios in general just hasn't announced something that doesn't doesn't get executed. Like, they yeah. execute everything they announce. Oh, they yeah. even did the Inhumans. Yeah, and yeah. to to yeah to to impressive failure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, awful. but they did it. <laughs> yeah, they did it. They followed through on their promise. Um, <laughs> or threat. Yeah, it's it's really perplexing. I would love to know what's it going is. on. There's definitely a bigger story. Um, yeah, behind the scenes, there's definitely a level of quality that I think there's a lot of so. a lot of gatekeeping over, and uh, that's I think that's yeah. what's holding stuff I think, up. I think Ben hit it on the on on the head. I think part of it is it's a smaller universe and that they're that they are trying to build a fandom. I know that sounds strange to say around Star Wars, but but it's not a it's not necessarily the masses. Like 
like I, just watching the people go to Rogue One and be like, wait, there's another Death Star, right? Like that confusion right. surrounding that title, as you mentioned, Ben, like multiple timelines as opposed to like Marvel is pretty good at timelines or making it really clear. Like the other thing is it's happening in our universe or our galaxy now. So when there's a throwback like Miss or Captain Marvel that takes place in the 90s, everyone knows what the 1990s are. So their brain automatically readjusts that this is a right. This prequel. is a prequel. Yeah. As opposed to like I, this is all fantasy, so I don't. How do I know this takes place before the other things, right? Like so, yeah. so I think they're being very careful about trying to confuse people, like you said, Ben. So that might be. I'm. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not confuse the rubes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They don't want to be oversaturated. They don't want people to become overwhelmed with Star Wars. It has to be every time something lands and it's an event, you know. Whereas, like, they were able to string together three Marvel series back to back to back. It's like, yeah. I really think, you know, they're going to want to give three months a full, like, you know, economic quarter in between um, Star Wars live action series. I, I don't think that's laziness or, like, you know, slowness in production. I think it's just like, I think that's intent as far yeah. as like, get, like, we want three months of hype leading up to, the, you know, the drop of their, their on-demand series. Like you're saying building a fan base now, like that's that's what they're trying to do. But I, I think they've done a pretty they've been pretty successful at getting new fans from the sequel trilogy. I think they've I think I've there's people who I've, you know, been friends with for a long time who've never been into Star Wars, but since the sequel trilogy, they like they're now on board. Really? But I also feel like they're drifting from the sort of the younger demos with the certain the, the, the slate they have going on right now. Like when do Boba Fett Andor, Obi-Wan, like these are going to explore yeah. some heavy themes and topics that I wonder if they're thinking, hey, we have to get something out there that's a little bit, it's going to, it's going to grab the younger demo. Um, and it's, it's not going to just cater to the, the kind of old, what I, what I would say the older demo would be for these shows. And, Brent, uh, how, I, how old I is your son now? Yeah. Eight, eight years old. Yeah. I mean, he, that is, that is prime Star Wars time. So what, what is, your son, I won't name him because I want to keep him anonymous, but like, what does he think of um, the sequel trilogy? I mean, you're obviously a huge. He, he weirdly enough, I it didn't sway him in any way, but he really likes the original trilogy. He really likes Darth mm. Vader. I, I think it's just because of James Earl Jones, again, just the booming voice. Hey, it's so a, powerful. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, he's really he's fallen in love with that character in a big way. And then when it comes to the sequel trilogy, there's really no like menacing villain that kind of adds this level of threat that that uh, my son likes. He likes the he likes Vader parading around being this kind of evil overlord. That's kind of a that's fun a, thing for him to what, dramatize around the house. Man. Yeah, yeah. And so kids like to be scared trilogy. or need to be scared or you know like that's part of that. And I'm trying to like this is not me just being like we should just scare the crap out of every child, but like like that's part of it, right? Like I, I think that's part of it and you look at the sequel trilogy and like Kylo is scary, but that, that, the, the, the frightening element of, of Kylo is gone pretty quickly. Once he takes the helmet off, he's still a bad guy. Right. But he's not a monster anymore. Right. And Vader is a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Vader is a yeah. monster for a two and three quarters of a movie. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I so, was obsessed yeah. with Vader when I was young. Yeah. Too. I mean, I think that's why yeah. it's kind of the sky. Yeah. Line. You know, so even like, also the relationship to the parent is is pretty key for yeah, kids. Like I think that's that true. you yep. get a lot of that Father's with Luke and Vader. Parent, and uh, uh, yeah, sibling. You're a big Vader fan. I know that. 
Yeah. It's got to be the most it's got to be the most successful version of the kind of parent parental connection. Uh, yeah. uh other than Han and Ben Solo or you know, Palpatine and Anakin or whatever if you want to call them father son. Um or even Leia and Rey or Leia and Ben Solo. There's there's some moments there that are pretty strong, but it's but like the hot... also the lines. I think it's just the dialogue, it's the screenplay. I yeah. think kids are smart enough to understand what is an indelible line, what is iconic. And I think that there's just the, the original trilogy is just packed with some of the best lines you'll ever hear. And yeah. I think that's yeah. that's what that's what my son gravitates to is kind of those really iconic moments and Vader's. Right. Um yeah, but I I'm just worried that they don't have enough content out there for young kids. And I think that's I think they're keyed into that same fear that we oh wow, we yeah. have a lot of fans now. And, and you know, Disney, we you know, um I, kind of full disclosure, we we've done a Disney case at our, our workplace, um, Ben, I think you've seen it as well, where they say, you know, Disney uh, bought Star Wars, the IP to to get the older demographic because they didn't have any properties that were catered to like the forty plus demo. Right. And so they bought Star Wars to get all these these kind of classic original trilogy fans to come to their movies to, you know, the people who weren't going to Marvel movies because maybe they thought they were a little too polished and um, sort of, uh, I don't know, like serialized pulp versus versus yeah. like real epic. Right. Yeah. I mean, straight Operatic. up, they were like Disney wanted, you know, they have their own IP with, you know, the Disney properties for. Yeah. Uh, young like you know zero to eight or whatever and then they have marvel is really for teenagers and then yeah they got star wars for the older demo but i mean george lucas always was children first it was always a children's story you i know? think dave filoni leads that way too and he's still there yeah. still a major part of the opposite. well disciple and yeah. i think favreau thinks that way as well i mean mm -hmm. isn't mandalorian the one now taking leading yeah. that charge of like like I, okay my daughter is very young. I had a trying time for the last 10 days. And so I put some TV on. I'm not a big, like, plunker in front of the television. I'm couching this in a lot of, like, not a bad dad. No just disclaimers. No one's here to judge you. This is a just, safe just, space. Adam. Just getting by. Just getting by. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. Everything's good now. We all got by because we watched some TV. <laughs> but Sesame anyway, Street. All good. I, yeah, we watched some Sesame Street. And then I put on some Mandalorian for myself. And I figured, you mm -hmm. know, she's 16 months. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but she she engaged with some of it, like the music, like she'd bop her head. And then anytime Baby Yoda was on that screen, uh, oh, boy, you know, yeah. and so I, I feel like they're trying to do the same thing where there's like because it, it really does remind me of the original trilogy when I was a kid that there is some heavy, heavy themes going on and some adult storytelling. And then there's also fun stuff for kids, right? Like that's how Star Wars works. Like it, I, I appreciated it as a level when I was eight and I was 41. I appreciate another level, but there's enough in there for every age group. And I feel like that's what the Mandalorian is doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, to, and to be fair, my, my son does love the Mandalorian uh, quite a bit. Mm. And, and he loves Boba Fett. So he'll yeah. probably like this Boba there you Fett go. show. There you go. I remember, I, I, I think I was four the first time I saw New Hope, and I just remember watching it over and over and over again, and like not really understanding at all what was going on. Yeah. I mean, that was the joy of that, is I watched it a bajillion times over, like, until, I mean, even in college, I was picking up stuff I didn't, like, you know, get the first time, you know, or the first million times I watched it. But at that time, I just remember, like, you know, Starfighter battles, like, I remember X-Wings and TIE Fighters, and I was just mesmerized and just engrossed and, and yeah. loving it. 
before I even knew what was going on. Like they've got something there, but um, this is all a long way to tie together with what you're saying, Grant. I, I agree. They need to really focus on um, on the young demographic to bring them in young. I, I remember, you know, when I started first hearing like, hey, there's this groundswell of prequel fans, you know, that yeah. like love this movie. And this was, you know, after that that first round of sort of weird trolley press that came after that, even though I loved the prequels when it happened. And um, and then I was just my heart was so happy that it was like, oh, no, there's this other generation that's growing up with the, the prequels and adore them. Yeah, um, whatever. Obviously, they're out there. Prequel memes is a larger subreddit than our Star Wars. Like, yeah, that whole demographic now is come of age. And they're like, nope, the prequels are the best. Thanks. And that's the like, thing I love that. Good for you. Is whatever Star Wars was Star Wars when you were a kid is your Star Wars. Hmm. And I think I think Disney just needs to accept that and not and not worry about the weird, angry Russian bots and other people on the Internet saying stuff as opposed to like, yeah, yeah no, no, don't worry about it. You're fine. Right. How are you I just how your toys selling? <laughs> right. But I think I think Grant brings up a good point. Like the sequel trilogy, I don't know that it was targeted at a younger demo. There wasn't as many obvious sort of like jar jars and like. <sighs> You know, things that were supposed to, you know, like lead you in. I don't know. I guess because the prequels were all like senators, Babu Frick. Uh, like, like uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's there a good kids. amount in there yeah. for young kids. Right. Dio. But, Dio. But the current like slate, Dio. there's nothing. I like Dio. I'm, I'm on board with Dio now. I watch them again. I'm like, this is fine. I, I don't know why I was so angry. Thank you. Yeah, Dio's fantastic. Except for Dio said, I, I really, I really wish oh, they kept fine. the beeps though. I don't, I don't know why he had to be voiced. That's kind of, I agree. Choice. That's, that's the only thing that it makes was me cuter that way. It was like how you would voice yeah. a like collie or something. Like it was just like, you know, what is your dog thinking right now? And then like, that's yeah. what they would say. It was like, that's I sort of like, like sheep speak. I wanted what? him to be like permanently yeah. depressed or two, but I guess with the, <laughs> no, he had to be happy. I have a feeling when I watch that with my daughter's old enough and she loves Dio, I'll finally go around and be like, yep, that's why. That's why <laughs> it was for her, not for me. It was, yeah. That's yeah, it. Moving you. on. It was it's for uh, children and people yeah. that own chihuahuas. And it has no impact on storytelling, so it's fine that it's there. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's how I got through it this time, because I'm like, it does nothing to me. Like, it does not change, add, or ruin the storytelling. So Doesn't seem like a droid that Ochi of Bastoon would, would purchase, though. Like, given having read uh, some of the Vader comics, like, when, does this, like, when did they meet? Like when did I—that's the thing. I, I need to see that like story. He was just given it, or like he got it after killing people, and then it's just a—it's just there, and he's like, "This is something that's fun to kick around because it seems cute, right. whatever." And yeah, I don't want the first panel of that comic is him just no. kicking it across the. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, exactly. That's, that that could be an untold story. Um, all right. Well, um, this was lovely and festive. It's always good to get uh, a big uh, Disney day. Obviously, we always want more. Um, I feel like we've yeah. done like, you know, there's like two of these events a year. And every time we have these big expectations and then we don't. Well, them. we I started off by being very complaining that we only had like a, a couple things that we <laughs> talked about it for about an hour and a half. So I retract all of my statements from the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Yeah. And, and we're not on a down note either. I mean, we have Boba Fett around the corner. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's really, yeah. all, all really of the Star Wars are still happening. Yeah. They just didn't show us all of it today. Right. But they will show us all of it eventually. And when they do, we'll be here. Um, so thanks very much li for listening to us. Uh, please get at us on the socials, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And um, soon to be, we're going to venture into the, uh, 
wretched hive <laughs> scum and villainy that is YouTube. Um, and uh, we'll be there uh, trying to just, you know, get reach some more uh, hollow listeners. Uh, so thanks very much for listening to us. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Uh, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>